Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on April 22nd, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash Focus Fire Chat, as we continue our discussion over the updates to what we know about Osiris. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congratulations to those who signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. And this is the Dialogist. Is that how we said it back in the, the last episode? But dialogist would be Dialog- like the plural of you. <laughs> the lo- dialogy. No, no. no, it's like it's like how does she act? She acts very dialogous. <laughs> she acts very she is <laughs> yeah. She's the most dialogous host I've ever. She is like totally dialogous, guys. <laughs> the dialoguini. I will have the dialoguini, guys. Oh, I love it. Hey, it's me, the one who messes up words all the time. <laughs> Green-eyed music Dial- The dialogist one. <laughs> the dialogist with the mostest. <laughs> uh, uh, and last but definitely not least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend Taylor B. Taylor, how are you doing? I am I am the most dialogist right now, you guys. Yeah! <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm having a great time on the show. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, we spent probably as much time in the in between just chatting between the three of us and just with chat (laughs) about all sorts of different things. Like the darker, the darker side of what it means to be a guardian. I mean, (laughs) Guardian Games bringing out the uh, the hard questions. the hard questions, all those mm-hmm. punches, hard punches. But, you know, what I was saying, though, is that we generally, when we're recording, for those people who are, don't normally come to our chat, we do have like a little intermission before we start up the second recording. But normally that intermission is like maybe five, ten minutes. I think oh, we've no. been going for, what, 30, 40 minutes at this <laughs> yeah, point probably. in between. In between it's the almost episodes. like we haven't had a chance to record one of these in a while. Right, but there's also just the the fun, loving, and craziness that it's very Justin like craziness that Taylor B possesses, and it's it's fun to be able to just chat with them. I really appreciate that, and and Justin, Justin, I I, I hope you'll be listening later. Like I take that as the greatest of compliments. <laughs> I'm glad I can bring a little just insanity, yeah, <laughs> to the conversation. And I think it helps that we're both from, like, south of the Mason-Dixon. We can, we can, we can help with a little <laughs> Chad, bit of Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dead titans it. make wall grow stonk. Oh, man. Oh, no. Uh. Oh, no. Like, if anyone who was not in the live chat just heard me read that, you have no idea what that context is for. But 
let me let me tell you. Oh no. It's good context. Yeah, it's it's good context and honestly, honestly, it's <laughs> it's very dialogian. It's, it's very <laughs> dialogian. Oh. <laughs> uh. Well, I know we talked about doing kind of like a just a dive into the clarifications of Osiris's timeline with this um, green, and I know with uh, was it the I'm all, I always flip the birds. Is it which is also Pigeon a really fun Phoenix. thing, which is a really fun thing oh to my. say. Yeah. Oh my. Um, I always want to say the phoenix and the pigeon, but I think it's the pigeon and the phoenix. Correct. It's the. Yeah. The gray and then the gold, if you're going to go color-wise, if you need a mnemonic-type thing to remember it. That doesn't help. That's actually a really good way to remember it. That doesn't Because I think it's important to like the, the story itself, too. Little bit. There's It's a little bit thematic, as we're going to kind of get into. Uh, but, yeah, the timeline is interesting with uh, Osiris in general, just because we don't have a lot of it. We have a lot more hearsay about Osiris than we do... Um, information directly from him. So would you say that Pigeon and the Phoenix is more of a an actual viewpoint, a, more of a first-person viewpoint of what his history is before everything, before trials comes to be a thing and whatnot, and before he gets removed from the entire uh, tower? I would say that so it's actually kind of like a good... Um... Yes. Yeah. I, I, I would say definitely before trials, we actually get trials. We get a lot of information from uh, trials and tribulations. A lot gets clarified about the original trials of Osiris in that in that particular book. Um, and then uh, but everything else really, you know, the the pigeon and the phoenix really do or really does uh, clarify, especially the mindset that not just Osiris, but also Saint was in, um, which I think is super helpful uh, personally, um, because it really, to me at least, also really presented, you know, what was going on and why what seemed like a very dramatic uh, schism was maybe not as dramatic as everything was, was making it sound. Um, you know, like the whole thing, there's also a, I, I keep going back to it, but there's also a, one of the entries from trials and tribulations where Osiris actually weighs in on the whole, <clears throat> um, exiling of him from the city when he, when he calls back or he would, when he basically curbs the disciples of Osiris's enthusiasm for, making them pay for you know for slandering against him and osiris is like no 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 there's there was no acronymy between us like we don't we are on the same side um which i really appreciated because you know up mm -hmm. until that point it had always been like osiris always has that you know grumpy old guy facade and so it's easy to assume that he did not get along with the vanguard and thus held a grudge against them and it turns out that's actually not at all what was going on um, right I, it's like, also, I like that clarification there's also something to be said about how osiris did not approve of what his cult was doing he had yeah. no oh, oh, organization yeah. he, like he nothing, actively no yeah. role <laughs> he actively tried to disband them <laughs> 
like, I, 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 I will. All right. So I, I, I do say he like actively, or at least like a what, what's the word? Um, demonstrably spoke yes. out against them. I mm-hmm. don't know how active he was in that because he's just so well. Yeah, that's true. By like, his other stuff, I like. I, I wonder how much he actually did aside from like little comments to his friends. I don't think he would necessarily um, explain to the public, the general public, that that's that like denounce them or anything publicly. I don't think he has like the time in his mind to be able to do that, yeah. and he doesn't care enough to do that. I think, yeah, but I think I it's more the latter, see... especially. Like, I don't right, think he just, so he doesn't care. Well, there's oh, also yeah. the aspect that with um osiris in general he speaks out pretty clearly to brother vance which we'll get into mm. when trials and tribulation and he speaks out to sister feora in some ways as well with some of the different things that the cult is doing in some of the introduction cards for that book in particular that osiris was not a huge fan of the cult he he's not he's all. not a fan of zealots no he, he, he because his whole thing is knowing like his whole thing is knowledge right it's it's understanding what is going on and zealot if you're overzealous about something you often you often will agree to do something you know that's the whole definition of zealot is you you're just right. like ah you know and all that and he, but that being said he also he doesn't necessarily turn them down for research purposes no, he does would, not. He he recognizes a tool when he sees one. I think would, would be the you, easiest way to say that. Yes. If, so so question for both of you, but Blue especially would would you say he's sort of like like a like a Socrates kind of figure, or would you say that like in my personal view, I think he's become sort of like a probability in real life versus literary version of Diogenes. Mm-mm, in terms mm-mm. of like philosophers that he's that he's being compared with like he probably had some bit of big ideas and a lot of like principal notoriety but i'm wondering how much is like him actually interacting with stuff in real life yeah i mean because i can totally see the socrates piece um because a lot i mean I don't, what's up I so, don't think he's, I, he's definitely not a teacher per se like he does not take on students necessarily I core is a student. Ikora, well, was but she his, though? The other the other thing is is the way he the way bored. he arguably teaches, if you wanna you know, if you want to go down that way, is pretty similar because Socrates was not gentle. Like, like he mm-hmm. was not a gentle teacher by any stretch of the imagination. He did not pull punches and he made it so this- very, very obvious when he disagreed. He would I mean he treated everyone he treated everyone on the same level. And so he so expected might... he expected them to rise to the level of if they made a claim, then they're going to need to defend that. And I see that in Osiris. And I think that's where sure. a lot of his, not animosity, but his like disdain towards the cult of, of his followers kind of comes from is because a lot of them are just like, well, you said this. And he's like, no, that's not, you're not understanding <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like, don't just quote people back to them i can i can dig that it it, it kind of reminds me of um it uh how can i say this uh it reminds me of like that that's sort of a maybe even like a, a bit of a trope but like like life of brian he keeps saying that he's not the messiah 
and he's not doing all those things, and they all break her back, like, oh, so we should worship you now. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like, we should. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, like it, it's kind of like he, he, he thinks he's very purposefully and saying in the best way that he can that he's not these things that they're attributing to them. Because mm-hmm. I, like, I think in the comic, it, it very, like, clearly shows... Um, that he's not into anything any of his fans are saying about him. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Like, well, and I think best. that that, yeah. tri- that that dives into, you know, I think what Green had mentioned too is like, you know, I just don't think Osiris existed so much in his head that he was like the proverbial philosopher, not philosopher king, but, you know, in the perspective of the disciples, he really was. He didn't care about leading. And so he just like... He he basically was like, "Look, you're not you're not in my way, but you're not helping me, so I don't care. Like, it, it's long as they didn't hinder him, I don't think he really. I I get the feeling like he didn't really pay them any. Like, they they weren't even a blip on his radar. Like, because the mm-hmm. whole thing with uh, trials and tribulations uh, with uh, Brother Vance, you see that with him when he calls Vance, um, when he calls Vance to task near the end of the book, and then." Vance is like, oh, yeah, by the way, Amara says this. And he's like, oh, good job. Like, he completely does a 180. But in Osiris, I, I took that useful. as like, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. It was point. it was exactly like it was like, oh, you know, you you were broken. And now all, all of a sudden this, you know, this screwdriver is, oh, it's working now. Like, you know, it, it was it's Osiris doesn't he doesn't register that he doesn't hold a grudge necessarily on I, any sort of I don't even think he things. I don't even think he registers that there is a grudge to be held because it doesn't have any weight in what he is what he's actually trying to do. Like, well, that and the fact that he does not care publicly how his name comes across, like that is something he true. has never yeah, ever is. cared about. Like they just even the whole thing, like being flattered, the idea of being flattered for having a following like that. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't register with him. He got annoyed because they kept getting in his way more than he was flattered that they were following him around and copying him. Which wasn't that wasn't that the explanation of why he started wearing the Egyptian thing was as a disguise? Yep. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, I'm trying to remember it was. Yeah, I recall correctly. He was trying to get like he was trying to avoid him. It was his sneaky bit, and then they figured out that was him, and they're like, "Oh, this is his new look. We need to, we need to, we need, like, to, copy we need it. to mirror him." They I like that they have their own like little fashion league with their obsession with him. Like mm-hmm. they come in, they're just like, "Hey guys, did you know that he put a dog head on top of his head? What if we did that?" He's the trendsetter. Oh lord! <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's he's everything, and and that's that's like I get why he's straight away. That's way too much pressure. Yeah, not everybody could be RuPaul. <laughs> oh goodness, goodness. Yeah, no one no one can be no one can be a a topic dictator and fashion lord. Right? It's just too hard. It's just too terribly difficult. With and be fabulous on top of it, like yeah. Goodness. I mean, he does glitter, or does that glow? What is I it? Mean, it's all right, gl- so I mean, Osiris, it- Osiris plays with glittery cubes, which is a little different. There's some place I can go, but this is a family. Ooh, show. Ooh. <laughs> Taylor's, like, family Taylor's like, nope, I'm going. <laughs> I mean, I'll dive into it, but it's your pool. <laughs> Blue's just enjoying himself. He just needs a, like a 
bucket of popcorn. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, I still want to know what the sequence that he arranges those three little cubes like means. The yeah, ones I'm, with, trying, I mean, I'm sure there's for different the emote, ones. For like we, we mimic it. We right. Mimic well, it and and I t- that's what it makes me think that they're like uh, they're like the meditation uh, uh, what are the meditation balls? Like it's, yes. it's something to to take his mind off of things. But he uses it to open the gates. He does yeah, use like, yeah. He does use them to, but he uses it inside the infinite forest, which is. <sighs> so I I feel like it's it's a thing where like I, I think it's more demonstrable in in his uh, in his cinematic of doing it. Like I think there's little symbols on each sides of those cubes, mm-hmm, so maybe it's mm-hmm. a little more like intricate. And he's arranging like three cubes in like a certain way in like a three D fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, that we like it doesn't translate to the emote that we were able to get. Probably well, not. I mean, I guess and my we question... also don't necessarily have the real things either. Right, and I guess my my thought process there was yeah. is is it that or is it a way for him to basically realize what he's thinking, like to organize his thoughts to exact that upon the reality. It's, it's like a it's like a, a um, magical tool to as it's a like focus. a totem. Yeah, it's like a totem yeah. or a focus. I I I. I if it is a tool, the tool is still what's doing it. Sure. Yes. No. And no. Like, like, I mean, like yes honestly, and no. like, if you if you're putting torque on a screw with the screwdriver, it's the screwdriver that's putting the torque. Right. Your but interaction, just as him like spinning the cubes, is his the action idea. doing the thing. But the tool is still what's doing it. You well, but that's but like so like the, taking a, about a like focus. Does, okay, so right. it, yeah. focus doesn't necessarily mean a physical tool. It's more of a a mental trigger. It's mm-hmm. a mental way to trigger a mental process to function the way that you want to. So people will often talk about focal focuses and stuff like that for meditation, a way to get them into the uh, correct mindset for the meditation itself. Um, I've also seen it used for more mystical side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, they they definitely consider it more of a way, like the idea of the wand. The wand itself doesn't actually do anything. It's the person, but the wand is the way that the person can direct their magic themselves. Like the magic doesn't come from the wand in Harry Potter; it comes from the wizards. So, so right. thank you, thank you for thank you for saying that because that's that's actually that's actually what I'm trying to get at. So I, I apologize for maybe like. poorly poorly representing what i was saying like that that's what i'm getting at like it's still like it's still you but the tool is what like helps you or 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 like in in maybe this case allows you to do it Mm -hmm. and like that's what i'm getting at like you're still turning the screwdriver like it's your force that's doing it like the screwdriver isn't going to do it without you Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was meaning like. So like. In. In. T- and speaking like a fantasy D and D setting, um, when you have like clerics who use divine magic, they have what's called a focus, and it's it's literally a totem of whatever deity you know they happen to be in service of, but they they channel their energy through that focus. And so when I saw when I see Osiris in the the cubes, that's that's immediately what actually came to mind. But the thing is, is instead of a divine magic or a divine um, a de- a deity that he's he's calling magic through, it's literally the paracausal force of his light that he is manipulating through the use of those cubes as a divine focus. 
So he's he's manifesting his will that is powered by the paracausality that he can chant he can control, and it's focusing that will because we the thing is is within the pigeon and the phoenix, we see that he has immensely powerful uh, abilities with the whole uh, reflection defending the city and his mm-hmm. ability to to literally see the big picture of what is going on. Um, Mm -hmm. so the cubes, I, I kind of took the cubes are a way of him narrowing his mind to the event that he's actually trying to control or to not control control is a bad word. Uh, what he's actually trying to to accomplish. And, and so he has that immense power, but it's like, you know, God, it's, it's a very, very powerful. It's a very, very common trope in like, I'm trying to think, uh, wizard of earth. is the one that keeps popping to mind but like the the main character is super powerful and but because it is so power he is so powerful mundane things are actually nearly impossible for him to accomplish like it's actually more difficult for him to do mundane spells because the wealth of power that he has it's like hitting something with a sledgehammer where he only need um you know like a attack hammer like it is just he he can't he can't channel that much into that small of a a device, and so if you kind of use it with that, that's what I see with Osiris and those cubes is that it's his way of actually limiting the amount of power that he's bringing to bear on a problem, which allows then to focus on accomplishing what he needs to accomplish. I Does that make sense? No, 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 that, that that totally makes sense. I was kind of likening it in my head to sort of a, uh, like, um, you know, jokingly, I was likening it in kind of my head, like where he's like, he's like seeing the act, and he's like, nope, twist, uh, nope, nope, <laughs> nope, twist this around. Oh no, don't like that. Okay, this will work. Let's do it. Like, and he's like adjusting because when he's doing that, he only does that when he's in the infinite forest. Mm-hmm. So I feel like right. that's him like manipulating it. He's like, nope, don't want vex. Nope, Cabal, uh-uh. I need Fallen for this one. Right. Like, right. Let's give us an arc burn. All right, let's do this. Let's go in. This it's like be a fun run. Our little <laughs> Nightfall type thing. Whatever, that, that card or whatever. The, oh, uh, that we used five to have? Swords. I don't think mm-hmm. you have it anymore. Yeah, we do, because I had to get a new one. Orchid yelled at me about it. You can still... I thought you couldn't pick the perks anymore you, in the Nightfall. I you thought can it was on sick. the basic, not the ordeals. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I had the one that apparently you... Um, you couldn't take the uh, what is it? The vision cubes. The expulsion or whatever the the one that if you die you go to orbit. The original card. Oh, extinguish. Yeah. extinguish. Yeah, apparently you couldn't yeah. used to take that off, and I had never gotten the new card that you could take it off. So I got Ooh. I got I got a fun talking to about that because I kept being like oh, so they kept they're like take it off. I'm like I can't take it off. Like that that's so weird. Just anyways. This is so, going to get so awkward did fast. You guys, did you guys ever, I think it was it was maybe a little more accessible in D1, did you guys ever solo some Nightfalls mm-hmm. just to see if you could? Mm-hmm. I have tried. I have not accomplished. I found it a lot easier in D1 to solo Nightfalls. Yes, I'm it was. not going to lie. I, yes, that was, it was a very, very common thing in D1 for me. I was, the Nexus mine comes mm-hmm. to mind. No mm-hmm. pun intended. But I used to be able, because even after they added, so for anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> anyone who's a new, newer player, um, at the end of the strike, that would be the nightfall, 
you could hang up at the top of this long drop down <laughs> to go fight this, this sexy boy and just never even like you, you could have the high ground a la Obi-Wan <laughs> the whole fight if you just didn't rush into things. You had to sit back there with what was the sniper that would regenerate? Oh, no, that was that was, but, uh, but the, they didn't have that originally. That wasn't yeah, until yeah, like, you couldn't do that. You could, but, it was, but it was but a they while. Still had, they still had the ammo regeneration if you ran out based on mm-hmm. things that you killed. So what you would want is a scout rifle and maybe a sniper, icebreaker, and and ooh, ooh ice, well, was, yeah, you yeah. would want icebreaker. That's what she was talking about. But uh, before icebreaker came out, you might want like a rocket launcher, mm-hmm. right? To, to hit the mind, and you would just basically just rain hellfire down on this. <laughs> this poor Nexus this mind. mind. Yeah, and it can't even shoot at you because it it's like neck doesn't look up that high. Oh, he's got and, a little collar on. Yeah, and, and you would just kill it, and then eventually they changed it to where this uh, the, this minotaur mortal, would show up behind you, and he's just minute. like running at you real fierce with with a boomer gun. But even then, you could just turn around and kill him real quick. You could just save your rockets for just him and just kill him real quick and then go right back to plucking down on this poor Nexus Punch. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but I I remember the first week they they put that Minotaur up there. Scared the Jesus out of everyone. So so for that that strike, I would wear the knucklehead radar (laughs) so that I knew when it was about to come and get me. I would just be plucking away, and then when I saw it, I would turn around and just be ready to murder it real quick with my heavy. I didn't even use heavy on the boss after they implemented that. I save it for you. The uh, the yeah. other one that was the other one that was always yeah. fun to solo was the one that everyone still, for some odd reason, loves to quote. But the Valus to Arc one, you get underneath oh. the, you get underneath the stairs off to the left. Oh, you, yes, you get underneath <laughs> the stairs and you shoot between you shoot between the objects. You yes. shoot between the. the uh, I'm sorry. You shoot between the friggin' uh, boxes. Like yeah, the, the boxes, boxes and whatever whatever stuff. <laughs> Then you'd like, always have the random centurion. Like, I don't know what what that room is. Like I don't know if it's like a depot. Like why are there boxes there? Like I don't know anything about it. I just so, loved it because like, you'd I always have the say. random centurions who would like come crowding up against you. You're like, get out of the way! Oh, dude. Oh, and they would knock you out of the little like slap between the boxes. Like go find your own slap. Like go out of here. Like no your own hiding place. This is mine. Oh my god! That I was here first. (laughs) (laughs) We always always would stack on top of each other. It's like sardines. Oh, oh, it was. Oh god! Sardines have much more organization. (laughs) This is fair. Than than what was going on in D one because people would be like they would be so it's sardines are at least already dead. So they came and packed one another, and whereas and what would happen in D one is you'd be trying to launch launch like a Gallarhorn at at this boss, and then somebody's gonna jockey you out of the way, mm-hmm. right into the wall. Yeah, and then your then your wolf pack rounds do nothing, like spin around in impotence. Well, there, there's the other one who was the night stalker who couldn't actually hit the boss. Oh, that was always fun. Oh God. Ended up hitting like the top of the ceiling, mm-hmm. and then just for like the next twenty seconds, you have just this random pulsing, <laughs> pulsing 
all seen like blinding purple oh, light. And and <laughs> see, you know what I always, I always loved about that is this person was like would be shooting the boss in between the gap, and then when they pull back for their for their night stalk around, it's like they'd never been third person before, <laughs> right? <laughs> You're like I'm a point up. Like I'm gonna do something completely different. Let me let me jerk back on the stick. <laughs> oh god! I feel like this the new animation for Night Stalker literally is like a punishment for all of that. Just to be like, <laughs> as soon as you get tethered, you're just your your cursor goes down real hard, right? Like. It, oh, I don't yeah. feel like when it you, was that bad get, back in D1, yeah, but in, it's much in more D2, severe. Holy like, like when you get tethered or when you tether mm. like when you shoot the When te- you yeah, get yeah. tethered, I think it's yeah. I think it's an ins- a complete I, like I always guys, get the feeling it's like completely random to be honest cuz like sometimes oh. it'll jerk up and then other times it'll like jerk I I just nice kill. Yeah. I just am like uh but yeah, so Cyrus. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Osiris, we talked a little bit about Osiris and kind of his powers. I know we're going to get into it more when we do Trials and Tribulation, but do you, do we want to talk a little bit more about what we knew back in D1? Because the only thing I remember that we were all concerned about in D1 was the projections that are brought up when he does his meeting with Mara before taking King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I want to he... ask you about this. Oh yeah, I, go for I, it. I had... Well, I had I had a real question about this, like uh, when I was looking at the uh, the show notes, and and I think it got taken away with my magnification of the uh, of the mind map because I have squinty eyes. But um, but, but basically, what my question was: Do you think that his um, reflections are something that he had prior to Twilight Gap? Because I don't think there's any record of him going in the Vex network. He right. did have Twilight he did Gap. have them prior to Twilight Gap because he well, had them no, at the no, Battle no. of Six Fronts. Well, th- this is what I'm saying though. Like, if it's something he got from the Vex Network, did he actually have them from his linear timeline before that battle, or is it something he sent back afterward? AKA, is this something that is part of Osiris timeline. and not part of and not yeah. part of the Vex yeah. that he just utilized? I yeah, I mean, like you can definitely like, and I've gone over this in a in a number of different things. It, it split it however you want, however you think it works. Vex time travel works backwards, a hundred percent. If you yeah. think it works forwards, there's a debate for that. But like backwards, there's no argument. It a hundred percent works backwards. Well, and we've demonstrated and he stole, that. Yeah, yeah, and if he stole Vex technology to create those reflections, like based on when they write about him going into the Vex network for him to have those at that battles, I feel like he had to send them back and that's a little spin foily, but like, that's how that reads to me. It's, mm-hmm. it's possible. We do know he did have some interaction with Vex cause he was already interested in the Vex prior to, um, he's interested in the darkness rather, I guess in pigeon and Phoenix, he doesn't necessarily call out the Vex specifically, but he's doing research out in the forest and whatnot and searching. Him and Segura are both searching for answers, but mm-hmm. it doesn't lead him to the Vex. I don't know when his fascination with the Vex happened before. I imagine prior to him ever going to the city, but well, we well, don't have any confirmation. So Not we, know, it- we know that he spent time with Felwinter and Nerwin. Like he mm-hmm. was he was a he, and that's something that Brother Vance made a comment about 
<clears throat> when he talks about when he became the Vanguard commander and Vanguard, well, Vanguard mentor and Vanguard commander, mm-hmm. um, he was he was known already because of his association with Felwinter and Nerwin with the Iron Lords, and so there's and that also ties into the Pigeon and the Phoenix because you see in the Pigeon and the Phoenix him taking out one of the warlords and albeit not for an altruistic purpose like he he does it because the guy won't leave him alone but he still takes out a warlord and then he basically RTLs him and so mm-hmm. and then and then oh god that that scene is so great because then he's like <laughs> Segura's like, you're going to let him go, like the ghost, and he's like, I'm going to what now? Like, <laughs> Am I? <laughs> Am I? Am I? Oh. <laughs> but, like, you know, I think that also was, um, I, I want to say, oh, gosh, there's, this is such dangerous territory for me. Um, right, I know. The association so- with the Iron Lords would have opened his eyes because we know that the Iron Lords were obsessed with Golden Age technology and with Clovis Bray and with War Mines um, for for their own reasons. Um, and so that, and we know Clovis Bray was associated with the Vex and the Hive. Like we know that from a, for a fact from Revelation and for a few other things. And so, it's like subtle. Well, like aspect and revel or not right. aspect, uh, revelation. Especially, we yeah. see Clovis Bray's recognition of the Hive as a f- as the second alien race that they've come across. Um, and then within even within D one, Clovis Bray knew about the Vex because they provided Rasputin to help the Ishtar Academy. Right, and, and so they mm-hmm. they have, and then in Revelation, it's called out that Clovis Bray uses that uses that knowledge as a way to. Uh, position themselves as the leading expert of alien uh, alien interaction, um, and so like you know, there's there's a bit of there's a bit of stair stepping connections to make there. But if he is with the is if he's with Felwinter and Nerwin, who are probably up there in the Iron Lords as far as connections to looking into Golden Age technology. Um, it would serve to reason that he probably is at least in some capacity familiar with the Vex. Uh, but I like, I like the idea of explaining his reflections as a um, Vex tech from the future, because even if we, even if we don't see it now, that's always actually a possibility. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, right. Because like, as long as Osiris is still around, it could always be, Oh, this is the moment that he finds it's the tech, you know, intent. it's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually exactly what I was thinking when you were saying that. It was like, oh my god, this is very Bill and this Ted. This is very like, Bill and Ted. Bill, like, like we got to remember to go leave this stuff y- yeah. in this trash can in the future. Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 I actually, I never, oh, I never thought about it like that. <laughs> but like, I do know because like we do see him um, make use of them with six fronts, which would be as far as we know well before well we know that would be before he becomes ingrained in the infinite forest because also yeah go for it also just as the city is like completely becoming a thing right right which would point which would point to the fact that they probably didn't have the tech to go jumping around planets uh at least not easily accessible because jump ships were were very rare up uh, and that I mean jump ships are still rare even in the city age that's one of the things that you get it gets called out 
within vanilla D1, when you find your jump ship, that's the whole point of taking the jump ship to the city is to get it equipped with a drive to allow you to go to the moon and then, you know, to then later explore the system. Right. But I thought that was more a, you just didn't have the goods yet on that one. And right. No, no, no. But I mean, but, but what I'm saying is like, you had to, you had to take that ship to the city because the city is where that technology was most common. So if Osiris, it, what I'm saying is basically using that as a backtrace on logic for the timeline, Osiris wouldn't necessarily have a jump ship available to him to go to Mercury and get ingrained with the Infinite Forest prior to right. the city age, if that makes sense. No, I get I get what you're saying. It's like the stuff they can salvage versus the means of the technology right. based yeah. on other accounts at that time of the lore don't make that possible. However, if you bring like time travel and echoes involved in Vex technology, it becomes a little more plausible, especially if you have like a linear timeline that you're that you're affecting, as opposed to like splitting timelines because of what you affect. Yeah, and and they're talking about this in chat too, really quick, but like you know, it is called out that the reflections and echoes are two sides of the same coin. Oh yeah, no, no, because no. I think I think echoes are. He says echoes are, are better. Are echoes done by orcs, right? Uh, yes. Well, demonstrably, it's not like, like we've only Thune, seen echoes of orcs th- in game. Yeah, we've seen echoes of orcs, and I think we've seen echoes of Savathun. I want to not say. in her image. Not in her Im- Oh no, maybe not in her image necessarily. I, I, she's had being, agents. She's had tons agent, of different. Okay, agents. maybe that's what I'm thinking. I thought there was an echo of Savathun. I can't remember, but um, the uh, yeah, Dino's putting the quote in that from the I think it's the maintenance record uh thing mm-hmm. where where Osiris actually acknowledges that he did use echoes. He has right. used echoes before, which well, but, but, that I'm brings sorry. up really interesting questions too. Yeah, like it, it it brings it up, but like reading the quote that uh, that Dino that Dino's posted in there, it's a uh, oh, and we've never seen an echo of Sabathun. That's a good point. Um, it it, it kind of makes me feel like the distinction is maybe like what's powering the manifestation as opposed to like the end result. Yes, I yeah, would agree with that. Because when we did Taken King and we fought the Echoes of Oryx, we did that twice, and we've since fought an Echo of Oryx here in D two in the Reckoning. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is that's still more of a fe- figment of Drifter's imagination gone wild. But yeah, well, well, well I mean, I mean, yes, and mm-hmm. I feel like he's probably drawing on that reality of the Echo in that case because he's he's and tailoring that to the Guardian, who all players are reckoning or reckoning. Yeah. Well, but reckoning's just a shadow. Like it's not. A, yeah. it's not an echo. It's not but, an actual echo, but it's the. He, it's the idea of American gods, like it's pulling right, the, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. thought okay, image. Okay. Yeah. Of, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, and I'm, yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, it, it, it's effectively what the echo of Oryx was in D1. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the end result is similar, but the mat, the process of creation is different. I feel like if this was in the same game, they'd have a hard time naming it differently I than the echo would of agree Oryx. With that. Yeah, I, I can, um, I can agree with that. Yeah. Uh, is all I'm going for there, but that that that's a good distinction. Thank you, thank you for uh, mm-hmm. for saying that. But like all, all I'm going for, where is like I feel like it's it's the uh, a similar end result with different things powering it. It's like uh, how can I say this? 
it's like if you're able to achieve the same things through different um, methodologies. It's traditional cartoon drawing versus Pixar animations, possibly. You're still getting yeah, an like animated very, very image, similarly, but... Like, you could get a 3D like depth result in your right. animation through rotoscopy, which is like a very like old thing, or you could do it through 3D rendering. That's like a very good. That's a very good analogy. Thank you. Yay! I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Osiris uses the. Does he? Is it called echoes, or what is it called in the Pigeon and Phoenix when he's in the Battle of Six Fronts? Those are reflections. Uh, those are reflections. reflections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the reflection is something different that we hadn't seen before in Curse of Osiris. These reflections actually have power. It's not just an image per se, because there's... Yeah, it's he, it's true multiple man. Yeah, he defends an entire sector That's, he defends, by himself. I mean, I would... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, he'd honestly but, pretty much defended the entire city to a degree. Don't we also see like 50 at once, though, whereas this was like maybe 12? Yeah, in the Infinite Forest, he he replicates because he sends, I think he even made like hundreds because that was one of the comments that he went uh, when he sent after Saint-14. So like if it if in in the same strain of multiple man, um, the multiple man theory, and I I love I love that. uh, that's that stuck. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and it it's stuck even more because he actually has he calls out that one of the reflections went rogue and committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I was like, okay, okay, whoa, <laughs> this is a hundred percent multiple man. Like this is the it's like ah. Uh. Also, so, can I just say yeah. one weird thing just to kind of throw this down the rabbit hole in a different direction with Osiris using the reflections in the infinite forest we've seen something similar be done when you have copies of a certain ishtar collective team within mm-hmm. the vex network itself so it's not which unheard another, of to have multiple copies okay. right which okay, is another so that, nod that, to taylor's comment about vex tech being the right? source so of I that just, i just want to add this i want to add this to this uh this was actually from our topic that uh me and the bagels recorded earlier tonight um that sequence of simulations was entirely within the goblin that they dissected mm-hmm. they had not entered the greater vex network that was the entire purpose of them going up to the spire with right. the extra copies was they were so, stepping into the network at that point exactly and that's and then eventually we know that that's how they encounter Praedith and help him get those messages out like his ghosts back in d1 and all and all that stuff um but where i'm going with this is Every Vex, and this isn't entirely important to the Osiris conversation, but literally every Vex you encounter has at least that many simulations of you running, as best that they can simulate you. Yeah. Because they pulled that from a single goblin. goblin. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) Gosh. I don't mean to to explode anyone's heads. No, no, no. No, you're good. I'm just also... I'm also holding myself back because it's going to be another spin foil that I I used to push really really heavily back after Curse of Osiris. Uh, ooh, that ooh. was an excellent spin foil, by the ooh, way. I was going to say, can you please share it with with us yeah, and the rest no, of the class? You, if you have you not shared so, this with Taylor, I don't know if I, I don't know if Taylor's heard this one or not. I know I haven't brought it up directly with them, but I like the, this one. This theory, mm. this is like a really really freaking old theory where. 
I was mostly being cheeky and trying to break beard back in the day, which was something I did. Like it was a goal of every episode, really. Like, <laughs> just it really was. But as uh, a longtime listener, you were very good at it. Yes, Love I weird. was. But she's not wrong. <laughs> but she's not wrong. <laughs> so this theory was the whole idea that Osiris is possibly a reincarnated version of um, Doctor Shin. Yeah, love Ooh. it. The cr- the crotchety old guy. Well, all right. All right. So I've always had a special like weird theory in my heart because when I first heard it, and I don't think this is the case now, so like hear me out here. But when I first played that mission in D1, I was back on the train that your ghost was also someone reincarnated. Mm -hmm. And so I thought our ghost, Peter Dinklage, was Dr. Shim. And that's why his passcode worked. Uh, That that would be kind of cool, too. I would have really dug that. Um, things have changed since then, and I'm not hating on anything, but that was back then when we didn't know a lot. <laughs> Anyone like really judging me for thinking that right now? Yeah, don't 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 feel judged. You you don't need to feel judged. <laughs> there are plenty of weird theories that I've held, that blues held, that it's just you know, it's just a theory. That's the well, fun thing. Theories are great. Well chat chat's cool. I'm I'm talking to all those future listeners that are gonna come back and Years later, and be like, Years later, yeah, Taylor B. <laughs> You're gonna get that one random message like three years from now, and it will affect me. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like, No, <laughs> how could I be wrong years ago? <laughs> F you. <laughs> I thought I was right all these years. Yeah. I was really riding on that correctness. By the, uh, <laughs> if you don't, you ha- there's like a, a, what is it? An expiration date on rightness with this theory type thing. I don't know. Yeah. No, hmm. Dr. Dr. Shim possibly being Osiris now would, it's a nice little thing that fits in a lot of ways, but it's also something that I know drives a few lore people absolutely batty. Honestly, like, all right, I'll, I'll put it this way as someone who dabbles in a lot of, like, weird lore stuff. Um, I'll say if something drives you batty, you're way too invested. Mm-hmm. Because the writers are betting on people like you. <laughs> um, well said. That's 100%. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. Like, get used to disappointment. <laughs> Wait, you mean, like reading fiction yeah yeah if you're that invested based on your initial thing in in like a grand sweeping like arc of something just get used to disappointment because you're not open to change you're not open to that's being the surprised. fun of spin foil dude, dude that's the best part of spin foil is that i would love for everything i said to be wrong but i wanted to be proven wrong because all the things i pointed out like how can i say this they were connected differently than i said not that the things i pointed out were wrong right right like that's that's that excites me in every episode that 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 i record that's that's my favorite part i'm very boosted about being shown wrong later and that's and that's why i kind of made a point to saying that like we make retractions Mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely and that's, that's that's the fun thing about research 
right? Like that's what you want. You want your research to not necessarily be disproven. You don't want like an experiment disproven. You want it to be reinforced in a different way that you didn't think was coming. Well, but in, that's, in, uh, yeah. I think, I think to add to that, like you want it to be explored, right? Like you, yes. you want your idea to be explored. So like, even if, even if the idea isn't right, and I think you guys will mirror me on this. It's, it's the idea that we all thought about it and had a good time. That's the real spin foil is the friends we made along the way. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I need a little violin music okay, now. Okay, calm down, Deej. <laughs> or like um, maybe saxophone music. <laughs> no, 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 no. Little Kenny uh, G. Oh, 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 man. Oh, man, you got an alt sax? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I digress. Um, Osiris. Yes. So Osiris, he does the whole Battle of Six Fronts defense of the city. Then something we learn about him in Trials and Tribulations is he not necessarily becomes super close to the speaker, but the speaker and him definitely have more than just like a passing conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, um, again, it's because kind of going to kind of tag into what Taylor was just talking about is Osiris isn't so I don't I, I kind of take Osiris's character as something that is not fixated on being, quote unquote, right, but as as coming to understand what is going on, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of kind of going off of what Taylor was just talking about. It's it's the the pursuit of knowledge and the pursuit of the actual truth, not I'm going to prove myself right. Right. He wants to understand what is happening, not just, you know, Oh, I'm it's all, it's my way or the highway. And I think that's where you see a lot of like with his character, that's where you see a lot of the disdain that he has towards the speaker, towards the cult, you know, all these different characters, they all have a common theme in which Osiris seems to bristle at and that is no this is the truth you you can't you can't make that statement and then be in the same breath being like but i'm also trying to understand it no you you right. you closed yourself off to the fact that there is possibilities that are outside of your knowledge by stating point blank that this is the way it has to be right if that i think i think that is the yes. best way of saying what I what I kind of that's that and that's why I, I really appreciate the character of Osiris is because that's a that's a characteristic that I think is worth emulating and and you know putting on a pedestal is that pursuit of not not being right but that pursuit of understanding what is going on with the so world. So here's my question with that with the way Osiris perceives things and how he handles the speaker back in D one, we had this very, um, very, very strong emotional connection between the two where it was believed that Osiris really, really hated the speaker. Mm -hmm. Do we have any more clarification, which I mean we do, but like what is the clarification that we have now as getting more of a first person um, dialogue rather than these uh, hearsays. Uh, that would be in margins, actually, which is from mm. P- Pigeon and Phoenix. Uh, it's it's so Osiris, like he 
he had a bad taste in his mouth when it came to the speaker before he actually even met the speaker. And I think, again, it goes back to what we're, what we both, we've all been, or all three of us have been kind of talking about, is this idea that Osiris isn't really, he's not really keen on the people who are like, you know, demagoguing their way into power. Uh, he, he, he doesn't care for it that much. But... Because when he first meets Saint, Saint is the one that recommends that he go talk to the speaker. And Osiris kind of poo-poo's that idea because he's like, you get the feeling that he's like, oh, I don't, I already know his type, basically. Um, but when you see Osiris actually interact with the speaker in margins, he is very, I, I would say he's very respectful. He's very um, open to having a conversation with the speaker. And he actually wants to hear the speaker's perspective um about the traveler like he he wants to know why the speaker is so certain you know about something it seems like um i feel like i feel like the speaker is uh to your point um at at all times in how his character is depicted when his character is depicted directly that is to say not like how brother vance may have depicted him in d1 Mm-hmm. Or like what have you, like uh, sort of adjacently. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at at all times, he he is a student of knowledge, and I think if anyone has anything that is new to present to him, I think he's always been open to. I don't think he's ever been. I don't think there's any example of him fighting something that's even contrary to what he uh, presents. Who Osiris or the speaker? Osiris. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I mean, I think yeah, to a degree, to, to you could almost say yeah. that to both of them, right? I think. Oh the no, different... I think I think the speaker. I think the speaker is very is very well, suppressive. Well, and and so see, and I think publicly he is, but I think privately he doesn't seem necessarily to be that way because the conversation, I mean, when... the conversation. Because I mean, again, this goes back to my my entire point of view of the speaker is the speaker is trying. I don't agree with what he's doing. I never agree that censorship is is ever acceptable, but I understand the logic to the choice that he like that led him to make those choices. I disagree with them 100%. But I see that he is trying to he's trying to he's in the control of a dystopian world. Like, you know, he's he's trying to keep these people from falling apart and you know, in the same vein of the symmetry, right? The symmetry is out there preaching, oh, well, we'll never win because in order to win, we have to lose. And the speaker's like, I can just see like this face palming of like, no, that's not that's not what you tell a military who's in the loot. Like, you don't tell your army, hey, there's no way to win, but you should go fight anyways. Like that, that's right. just, that's not what you yeah. tell them. You know, like it's because that's the whole symmetry is like, you know, hey, in order to defeat the darkness, we have to give up the light. So are you going to actually do that? No, because that's the whole point, is it's two sides of the same coin. But I think with the speaker, especially within margins, and you know, we also have the speaker, uh, you actually see the speaker talk to Saint within, I think it's Shepard. You see the speaker and Osiris disagree multiple times within Pigeon and the Phoenix, and there's never, it's never Animosity. heated. It's never heated. In the comic. Yeah. In the comic, but again... But here's my point. In the comic, we see a public conversation between them. 
in Pigeon and the Phoenix, it is a private conversation between, and the consensus members were there, but it was not a public discourse. It was a private closed door meeting. But 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 aren't there aren't there meetings that are uh, in the comic? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not. I yeah, agree in the with web your comic, point 100. percent In the I just web mean comic, in the, in the comic, in the comic, there there. Yeah, uh, there was. I think there was the there, there's stuff that there's stuff that they have discourse about that's not in the greater consensus of the thing. Correct. There is there is a, a mention in the comic that I think is akin to the entry of politics in Pigeon and the Phoenix because it's mm-hmm. where. Um, Osiris basically tries to hand everything over to Ikora and the speaker kind of calls him to task. But like, I, I like the way that politics presented it because you actually got kind of more of the, the inner dialogue than you did in the comic and the comic. It's really, it's really hard because the comic is a different perspective of the same event. So neither mm-hmm. of them are a hundred percent accurate. I would argue they are two perspectives of the same event but I think that the way that it is particularly um, portrayed in po- politics is you actually get a little bit more of the inner dialogue on both sides. Whereas with the comic, it was more of like just the the it's not the animation, but like the the physical conversation, like the physical um, context. So so I hear you there. Like like one thing that really uh, disconnected me a little bit was the uh, sort of relationship between osiris and brother vance between oh. the comic and and how it comes off in some of the later lore cards mm-hmm. because in, in the comic it's like brother vance is there from ground zero like he's doctrining all these things that um that he that uh osiris says publicly while he's in his position of uh in the vanguard mm-hmm. yeah and it's 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 a little like, hey, like, you know, how do you... <laughs> how do you reconcile how do you... The, the two yeah. different perspectives on it? Well, yeah, I mean, but, like... But, I mean, that's that's pretty accurate to what's in Trials and Tribulations. Mm-hmm. Trials and Tribulations mm-hmm. show Brother Vance as a... Like, it shows him arriving on Mercury. It doesn't detail what he was doing beforehand, but it does hint that he was known for his um unique understanding of the text like that's one of the reasons that he was um he was called out by sister feora and actually given control of the experiment Uh, i don't want to dive too deep into that but like that that is a that is a that is a um a large reason why he was able to do what he was allowed to do within the the disciples uh was because of um his his knowledge of the the text not necessarily of osiris but like and it, it kind of like the way i read it and this is you know completely contextual so i'm open to debating this but the way i read it was he was he arrived at mercury not in the first wave but that didn't mean that he wasn't a member of the disciples early on he actually, I, actually, so, it kind of felt like I actually remember messaging Green, being like, "Do we even know when Brother Vance went blind? Because there's some things in the Trials and Tribulations that it's like this is really like I can read this either way. Like there's a couple passages that are really interesting because in in that context, especially. So 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 I'm I'm really here for that. Those are that's that's a actually a very good point and. You know, looking back on some of the some of the chapters from that 
book like you know i'm looking back on chapter three the cult of personality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like i'm just reading this one line uh, about about how osiris was on mercury and uh you know those disciples were coming to meet him yep and i'm just thinking like there's this one line where like these two warlocks come to greet him yep. and yep the sisters one carried mm-hmm. the scent of warmth yep and the other the ozone ozone and tang and i'm just wondering like does tang exist in oh, the God. destiny universe this is where this is where you're dovetailing <laughs> okay yeah, I, I wondered i'm like i'm like i'm all for this serious conversation nope okay i get i continue i like that you may setup. continue i, I approve i of approve this. Of, that is the reason i will allow this to continue is because that setup was beautifully done thank you so much <laughs> You can retire now. You've, you've had, you've gotten blue. I knew my audience. I knew I had to cultivate just right. You did it. You did it. Gosh, I was like, I'm like, all right, all right. Where are we going with this? Where are we going? And you said, Tang. I was like, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late. Can't so- can't abort the mission already. <laughs> We can't abort. We've gone too far. We've gone too far. <laughs> so my friends, my friends listening and in the chat, this is all a very convoluted way to get to the point where <laughs> to I work the Tang in. That Tang exists. Tang the drink exists in the Destiny universe. And here's my proof. <laughs> in, in chapter three, the cult of personality, there's a line that reads, one is carried by the scent of warmth. The other, ozone and tang. Now, I only offer that no, okay. tang is used as a descriptor of flavors or scents. <laughs> Outside. The thing that drives me crazy about this is that now all I have is this image of this beach bum who drank way too much tang on the, like, just a surfer dude who's in the cult. He, like, signed up. And he was like, this is, sounds cool. I could get be, I could be, I could be tan all the time. The best part is this is a warlock. <laughs> yeah. It'd be cool. I could I could totally get in down on that book club here on Mercury. I could sunbathe, sunbathe. and tan. Yo, like I brought the tang with me. I brought the like, tang you, with me. You Bro, guys, you don't even know. Drinks, like what's good? Like I brought. Oh, he's <laughs> like the saying. the bartender for the group. Yeah. Everything's mixed with tang. Oh god. <laughs> All I'm saying is, like, you show up. You show up and there's everyone is space traveling and sometimes you need like you need a citrus treat. <laughs> is it citrus though? Is it actually citrus? Yeah, it's meant is to be like orange. Anything? Yeah, it's meant to be like orange. It's not it's just be... yellow number twenty three and red number I mean that's up to NASA, but all I'm saying is we're <laughs> <laughs> That's up to NASA. <laughs> I didn't develop Tang. I'm not going to like represent their product. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm done. Yep. Uh, All right, so uh, shout outs. <laughs> Groovy. Who's shouting out first? You go for it, Taylor. Oh, okay. um, I want to give it. 
I want to give I want to give a shout out to uh, my my co-host on the Spinful Theory podcast, the Bagel. Um, I want to give a shout out to um, Blue Green Justin, the Greater Lore Network, everyone who's been a large part of any success we've ever had on our show. You, we we've only gotten it through your support, so thank you so much. You guys are great. Oh, green. <laughs> Uh, shout out to those of you who are willing to go into crucible with us while we're doing this and just listen ends and uh orchid and you it's know. not a thorn quest but it's it's I not it's, it's up there. on my platform that's all yeah. i'm saying anyway blue do you have any shout outs no nope all right <laughs> bye guys bye, bye. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.